0: Welcome to Let Me Know How It Is, a podcast about all things geek. We're looking at comic characters and the changes their counterparts undergo in other media today. Be sure to subscribe to the show and also follow us on social media. Thanks for listening. Alright, more times than not, adapting a character from the page to the screen can result in some changes being made. In some cases, these changes will be met with some criticism, sometimes a lot of criticism, but we also can't rule out that in some of these instances, these characters are changed for the better. So I thought we would explore some of the changes, um, and, uh, look at the ways that some of them hurt and some of them helped out an existing character. I'm Zach Slater. I'm Frank Mellon.
1: I'm Tommy Smithereens.
0: I'm Clifton. All right. So Tommy, I'll go to you first. What do you got?
1: When I was thinking about this topic, uh, yeah, I had a little trouble. I was thinking about the bad things. But then it occurred to me closer to when we were speaking that the one character that I think, no matter what format he puts it on, he's gold. And I wanted to say Batman. I don't care what format this Joker's on. It's going to make money or it's going to be successful, whether he's coming out of the comics, going into TV, producing a movie, making an animated series making a live-action show, works, 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 works. Now, whatever incarnation you show may not work as well as previously, but he's prone to be successful in everything you can imagine.
0: I have always thought, uh, and, and it will be an unpopular uh, response, but I have always thought that with Batman, there's no real wrong answer. There is an answer that is more preferred than others, right? But this is kind of timely with the fact that Joel Schumacher died, right? Mm. I don't think that Batman forever and Batman and Robin are um, those are valid adaptations in my head. Right. I mean, there is the version of the character that existed that those movies are aping. Right. It's not what people wanted. It's not the popular thing that was out there that everybody was looking forward to. But I can't say that it's not the material either. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Well, I don't you,
1: you know how I feel about that particular movie, which we'll go and mention of all as I'm concerned. But, yeah, I agree with you. It's just the level of what you prefer and what you don't prefer based upon how the character's portrayed. It'll always be, I've never seen the character portrayed in which they ultimately regret that portrayal of that character. It may not be as big as what they wanted to achieve, but it's never met with complete disdain, if that makes any sense. Right. Yeah. I would say that character and what I wanted to say originally was TMNT and Spider-Man. Okay. Those three put together. Mind you, everyone has their preferred way of seeing it or whatever the case may be. But I don't think we'll ever not see those characters in one format or another. It'll always be shown to us in such a way that it'll never go away. Everyone wants to tell their story concerning something of the matter. And make it that much bigger than what was shown before it, right
0: well, I agree with you with Batman, right I think that i I think that I can't name a version of Batman on on screen that didn't work okay right it, like and what I mean that like his versatility like i mean brave of the bold, you know uh it works right It's valid interpretation, mm-hmm. the dark Knight valid interpretation Adam West valid interpretation right like yeah, like, yeah. you know all of them. The one that I would say for Spider-Man is the do you remember the nineties cartoon? What was it, Spider-Man Unlimited? Which which was the one where he was in space on Counter Earth? You remember this it? one?
2: Yeah, it's unlimited.
0: Okay. So he basically, it's yeah. like
2: another dimension.
0: Yeah, exactly. The the idea yeah, the idea being that there was a counter earth that was exactly on the other side of the orbit on the sun, <laughs> of, the sun. Uh, of the sun like it was just at a different point in the orbit yeah so yes. so so they never saw each other <laughs> right it's it's an idea that <laughs> yeah. it's
2: an idea that comes out of like the high evolutionary it's set up at pl- counter earth yes And a lot of early adam warlock stories take place there
0: okay <laughs> uh, yeah i mean like i i admire uh the boldness of doing it back then but it, like that's one that i'm just like oh uh, all right <laughs> kind of missed the mark on that one i think mm-hmm. but TMNT Yeah, I mean I think that now like you're starting to get to a place where where they are trying new things with those characters too. Like the like the current show that's on right now, Rise, Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like that's no version like we've ever grown up with, but but like it it works, I think. Yeah, it's you ever know.
3: expanding. And it's got some changes that the like it's got one change that it kept from the 2012 Animated series, which was a really good change, I thought then from the source material, which is when they made April a teenage girl mm, instead yes. of an yeah. adult woman. The first time I, I think the first time I saw that was in the the 2012 Nickelodeon show, and then Rise of uh, Turtles does it as well, and and that was a change that I think really made sense, yeah, <laughs> and really helped sell the Turtles as teenagers. As opposed <laughs> yeah. to just like hanging out with an adult professional working woman. <laughs> like, I really do think it helped that they had like a friend to hang out with and have teenage problems with and stuff like that. Instead, yeah. of, a, instead of a den mother. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, yeah. I'm with you. I I think the 2012, the, the, the first series that Nickelodeon did, I think they did a lot of things right on that one, but I think that that is, that's going to go down to sort of like the big contribution that that show made, I think is, is that they made her and they made Casey Jones. Um, right, teenagers too, and I just think, it, it, it's just such a like, duh, <laughs> like, right, why right. didn't they do that before? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know,
1: yeah, they, I think they, even the current books now have able to add another turtle without having total disdain, which was a problem with the live action show, I believe. I think this the new creation is oh, called yeah. Mona Lisa, in which they incorporated it successfully in the comics, and there's not an adverse, um, you know hate for her No, no, to be no hang in on it.
0: so no mona Lisa was like a gecko from the original series. Okay. Venus the Milo that's the one you're thinking about. Venus the Milo was the one from like the Power Rangers live action Ninja Turtle yeah. show that was on for like a season. She was the one from there. Okay. Yeah, no, but Venus
1: the- is the one that they hate. Mona Lisa is a new character in the books.
0: Oh yeah? Oh, yeah. I haven't re- I haven't read the new books that I've read like the first couple of arcs and everything. But um yeah, I, I just think it's cool that the 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 idea is getting flexible now and everything like when I remember seeing art for the rise of TMNT show coming out. And I remember like, wow, like like they're changing the weapons and stuff like that. And I remember thinking that like in my head, like that stuff was all crucial that like Michelangelo had the nunchucks and Raphael had the size. And then like all the changes that they made, I'm like, wow, we kind of really don't need it. You know, like they they made like all the turtles, different turtles. Okay. Too, like they like you know, and I'm like, oh. I'm like, okay, that works, that's fine. You know, <laughs> like, I guess I don't need it all to be to be like what we had,
1: no, but it's nice that I mean, you know, just add more to the character structure in the universe, you know, yeah. Oh, and to call back Zach, you're 100% correct with um, uh, Venus de Milo, uh huh. Yeah, I was wrong, her name is Janika, not Mona Lisa. Okay,
0: uh-huh. but, oh, Janika, okay. Yeah, Thank you for but, saying that out loud. I've been wondering how to pronounce that oh for no, weeks I could, now.
1: I could be completely <laughs> wrong. No, <laughs> no so we'll that. go with it.
0: No.
2: <laughs>
4: okay.
0: I like it.
2: I was thinking more about when we were talking about this topic, I thought more it was, to me, I kept running into this this thing of like, a lot of my, my stuff, my issues were with like cosmetic changes here and there. And I realized that was really kind of minute in a lot of okay. things. Like, like, for example, like with, with Avengers, Like Cap, you know, or Captain America. Captain America didn't have the wings on the side. I mean, he does paint it on the side of his helmet, but it's not the same thing as like in the comics where he has like the the swashbuckler boots and the and the 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 wings. But getting back to like to Batman stuff, I was thinking about like in the movies when we had Batman '89, and like a really big departure from what we had in the comics is the idea that that Jack Jack is dead, my (laughs) friends. Jack Jack becomes Joe Chill. In the movie, oh yeah, which is a really big departure from anything we had previously had in any of the books. Like, there really wasn't a moment where, you know, you had a a, a young, you know, young up and coming contract killer who happened to have a huge wide grin, yeah, you know, who then in turn, <laughs> who then in turn puts on the the red hood costume and gets dumped in chemicals and becomes the Joker. Like, that's something we'd never really had before, right?
0: Right. Yeah. 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 So
2: I thought when I when I was thinking more of like along the lines of what we were talking about, I was thinking as opposed to like you know the big grandiose idea of like trying to adapt something from page to, to, from panel or page to to the screen or, or animation or whatever. That was the kind of thing I kept leaning into was like, okay. that's a, that's a huge change, right? Like, it's yeah, like that is a
0: huge change. you know It that is a huge change. That was a change that, that, that also that stuck around mm-hmm. a lot, right? Like, right. Uh, um, not, not in the comics or anything like that, but like, it's stuck no. in people's heads a lot. Like, like, it's also in rewatching when we went to re- go see the, um, the anniversary of,
2: uh, Mask of the Phantasm.
3: There's okay. a shot. Yeah, there's, yeah.
2: A, there's a shot of, you know, there's the, the moment where he kind of catcalls at, uh, at, uh, what's her name?
0: At, um, oh, uh, Andrea.
2: Yeah. at Andrea. Yeah. And then there's the picture of like the old gang, quote unquote, you know, before, before the Phantasm starts bumping them off. And there's a picture clearly of him, you know, the Joker being part of that, you know, being part of that group. Well, he's not a boss, he's definitely part of that group, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's one of those things where around that time when the animated series kicks in, it's still playing a little bit off of 89's, you know, continuity, quote unquote. Not really, because if you've seen 89, you know what happens to the Joker, so. Right. (laughs) But that was one of the things where I kept like when I started to think about you know well yeah there's been a million Batman shows and there's been you know adaptations here and there that was one of the ones that I'm when I think about it like that's a big one the other one I thought was huge again and it's not Batman eighty nine so much it's it's Batman Returns is you get the bit where you know before Oswald before the Penguin was really sort of you know uh, you know the the rotund guy who had a waddling around with a with an umbrella he was never before eighty nine was he ever like a Penguin creature. Who, right. Who ate the heads off a of fish? <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, Exactly. Who had to be in the cold? Also, there's <laughs> right. like yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. You know, they toyed with the idea that he, you know, he was, you know, failed a, from a failed family or, or disgraced family or whatever. That that was kind of might have been implied before then. And you know, or you know, I know there's an origin where he is, he had, um, his parents had owned a pet shop and they they fell into ruin and became the penguin or all that. And but would never really been that moment of. Yeah, he's a you know you're gonna watch him eat fish, right? <laughs> you know Dan Devito's there eating those those raw fish, and I thought that was another one where I thought that one also bleeds into, into the into the the,
0: the animated series as well. Yeah,
1: what his deformity and his yes. um yeah yep. yeah
0: no it did. But let let me ask you guys this about the penguin though, right? Because Frank, you, you and I kind of talk and like I would. I'm curious, so did bits of the Penguin from Batman Returns as bizarre as it is, mm-hmm. did parts of it stick around in some capacity, right? So like you, we, when we talk Batman, we talk about like one of the things we like about the Penguin is sort of this idea that like you know, he's very much of, of that elite like 1% world mm-hmm. but at the same time he doesn't quite fit in it, right? right. Like he's an outsider among sure. this, in this world that he's born into. Mm-hmm. At the same time, and I think so. No, I'm just gonna open it up about you guys uh, to you guys on that one. I'm curious what you guys think about that because I think bits of Batman Returns work, and I also think bits of it like like really don't with that character. <laughs> <laughs> well, no,
1: I just thought it was creepy. I mean, right. they, I mean, I, I I get what they were trying with the mutant penguin kid that was raised like instead of wolves like Mowgli to <laughs> to penguins, but right. but but I mean it 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 kind of takes away from, it. but to me, what is I like is the, uh, Catwoman stuff. I mean, that's okay. equally
2: creepy. Right. Like it, they breathe life into her. All right. <laughs> yeah. That was my next thing. Tommy was the idea that the, we get to definitely get that thing of, She's resurrected by stray cats. She's resurrected yeah. by stray cat by stray possibly feral cats,
4: right?
2: And she gets nine lives, right? They like they don't like. There's always that running joke, and like even the, like a lot of the Bronze Day stuff is like, oh, you know, she escaped and she, you know, she dodged a you know dodged a bullet. And she's got you know nine lives like a cat does. Blah blah blah. But it's it's again it's a fairly literal take in Batman Returns where yeah they breathe life back into her. She comes back and she you know has a couple points where she quote unquote may have died. And, right. then, and then came back again, you know, and then there's the the, the climax of the thing with Max Shrek, where she's, you know, you know, she's getting shot and it's like, well, <laughs> nope, she's we see in the epilogue that she's still around. So, again, that's a take that doesn't doesn't echo back onto the books. Like there's no real, you know, there's no mysticism to Catwoman that, that that's the case. It's sort of like, no, that was the movie.
3: Yeah. And none of that stuff really stuck to the comics, did it? Like I said, as far as I know, I mean, you know, there's never
2: been, I mean, you know, there's times where she might grab something that's cat related that might be semi-mystical. Right. But there's never, she's always just been, you know, that's been, you know, she wears a suit, you know, or or dress or whatever the costume is for the time period and has a whip and cat, you know, it's all cat themed, but there's never been, as far as I know, anything of that nature. No. Same thing with Penguin, where it was always, you know, he's a guy, he's, you know, trick umbrellas and, you know, looks sort of like the, uh, if I remember correctly, I read in one of those Batman books about origins of, of the villains. He was drawn to look sort of like what the old penguin mascot used to be on the cool cigarettes on the packaging. <laughs> yeah. Right? that's Right. Isn't that, yeah, yeah. In that, isn't that right? Mm-hmm. Cause I remember that is sort of like when they were, you know, I don't know if someone in the bullpen or wherever they were coming up with, you know, whoever came up with him, maybe it was Bill Finger, but I don't remember for sure, but someone, you know, looked at that pack and thought, well, we could make this work and then made the penguin based on that. So,
0: yeah. I mean, like he doesn't he doesn't have flippers usually no. in every take anymore, <laughs> no. but there is a <laughs> grotesqueness that mm-hmm. in some takes has stuck around.
3: Like I'm thinking of, of like um, the Batman, the Batman, right? The, the Batman. Yeah, that's an interesting the one. Cartoon from what was that? 2004, 2003. Yeah.
0: OK, that's an interesting one, Clifton, because I've always thought that they didn't quite know which way to go with him, that they kind of wanted to play it both ways. Mm hmm. A little bit because he's kind of grotesque and at the same time, you know, completely like is, is a snob also, but like, but is, but comes from that world. Well, it's there's funny? There's like no abandonment there.
2: I, I think what I think is odd what well, not odd, but I, I, I've kind of, you know, and it's one of the things were kind of clear to me as we're talking about it. He's always been kind of, he's been upper crust, but he's also kind of like a morally repugnant character kind of at the same time. Mm. Yeah. And it's one of the things where I, I can't help but think that that part of Danny DeVito playing like uh, Louis De Palma didn't yeah. help run off, you know, didn't help, in, you know, basically infer or basically, you know, imbue that character with some of Louis De Palma's, you know, mm-hmm. characteristics after the fact. But one of the things I thought about was like, once they get to the Red Skies animated stuff of, of the Batman animated world, you know, when it's, he's, he they no longer has the flippers. He's more of like the, you know, kind of, you know typical penguin that we've had for decades and yeah. and they they introduced the iceberg lounge and from that point in the comics that echoes back and the iceberg lounge is one of those things where like well if you're looking for penguin even in like the arkham games right tommy
1: yeah I, What i like about the penguin the Arkham games, what his monocle turned into a hat uh, uh the bottom the bottom of a coke bottle shoved in his eye yeah 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 yeah
0: yeah, That's what I was thinking too. Is the Arkham games? He's kind of he's he's a little gross too. Well, he's more yeah. like it's right? more
2: like a he's got like a Cockney accent, right? And He's yeah. more of he's more of a he's definitely much more of like they make they play him again more kind of more of a repugnant, but they also definitely play up the fact that he's a lot more gristly than you would
0: think. Yeah, he's like you a know? Guy Ritchie character. I remember. exactly. I remember Absolutely what you were saying is. to me, Frank, one time. Yeah. Yeah. Very much yeah. so. No, I th- I think Iceberg Lounge is a super important development for the character too. I just think that it was um. You know, it, it it was a a missing piece that nobody thought was a, like, nobody thought there was a missing piece to him. But like mm-hmm. suddenly when they added it, like, oh, OK, right. Like there's kind of there's kind of like like he's trying to walk this edge of like of legitimacy, but also at the same time, like he's absolutely doing stuff behind the scenes, too. But, like, yeah. you know, it's almost got a bit of like Casablanca to it. Yeah. Yeah. And then they make him a, a, a
2: weapons dealer, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean all sorts, yeah. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff going on out, you know, in and out of the back, kind of like the scene, in, you know, that scene in Goodfellas where they're coming through with the minks, while <laughs> while Ray Liotta and the uh, and what's her name are rocking and uh, walking to their table. But I think it's one of the things where it's interesting, like the idea, like I said with Casablanca, where the idea that you know Rick's place, or I can't remember, is that the, what is the name of Rick's place? is it Cafe, Rick's place? Cafe American? Thank you. Yeah, in in Casablanca, where it's kind of like, yeah, you know, that's a front for basically whatever's going on, but you can't always prove that something's going on yeah you know and in its own way in its own way penguin has a setup like that which again you know that's one of the few things that that originates in that animated series it definitely goes back towards you know that definitely is reflected in the comics for a long long time
0: yeah made by the same guys the one that i think that was kind of a a change for the better is brainiac yeah superman the animated series i i thought really uh making him like this AI. Android mm-hmm. fr- like in and tying his origins to the destruction of Krypton gives him like a generational aspect that like he's Jor-El's arch enemy, but he's sure. also now he's also Kal-El's arch enemy Ron, mm-hmm. you know, and I think another interesting development is that is that is that there's kind of like a boogeyman aspect to Brainiac when they introduced it this way, because like you can't he could always upload his memory someplace right so you're never really quite rid of him
2: yeah it's definitely it's definitely more of a of a i mean when i think about that the the cory like the you know cory burton's so good as as brainiac and all the stuff that he does justice league and all of it but i always think i always thought more along the lines of someone looked at other ai characters throughout comics it was like we should do an ultron bit Like, like you said the fact that you know with ultron if ultron's if there's any bit of programming of ultron anywhere in the world or the galaxy or wherever you're not rid of Ultron, and I think that's what they decided to do with Brainiac. Same thing, where it's kind of like, nah, he's he's always lurking someplace.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I just, I, I, it's a beautiful, um, beautiful version that sort of took taken hold. I mean, you get versions that sort of like a composite of of like you know the Milton Fine like green mm-hmm. uh, skinned alien, but there's also like clearly like some cybernetic aspects to him, and and you know, um, kind of a Darth Vader like mashup he's machine and man or whatever
2: well there's a point like in in i can't remember the, the the issue of action comics but it's one it's the issue of action comics where it's they basically decide that they're going to go away from the typical uh well what had been the bronze age luthor with the you know the the, the green and purple outfit and you get the armor right you get the armor the superpowers armor mm. and they do the same thing in that issue with brainiac where basically they lean away from him being like the you know the green skinned alien looking for pants um <laughs> To being, to being just a decent pair of pants, to um, to to being more of like you said, the Darth Vader is kind of like what the ship sort of looks like from that point on. Brainiac ship mm-hmm. always, you know, it looks like a big version of his, you know, his brain or his his cranium, his head. From that point on, with the tentacles, is basically what Brainiac ship becomes, and that's another thing that I that I think grows out of those comics. But again, um, yeah, they 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 still sometimes, you know, they definitely. Any brainiac after that definitely has the, the symbol, the the circles.
0: Yeah, the three circles. Mm-hmm. Bit, yeah.
2: That's something I know design wise a lot of times with, with Brainiac is basically stuck. So it's
0: it's Has there ever been a version where, where Brainiac's ship, like like the, the version that's like that looks like the, the skull mm-hmm. head that's flying? Has there ever been a version where that has been the headquarters of the Legion of Doom, like the Super Friends Legion of Doom? Not that I know
2: of.
1: Not a, not not mandated.
0: They It'd just, be cool if somebody connected that.
2: Yeah, because I think it's just been it's it's just it's typically like you know when you see it in the sky or whatever it's brain like like with panic in the sky or any of that storyline like along the stuff brainiac it's always brainiac brainiac shit but it's never been I'm trying to think even like in the uh, the Jim Kruger Alex Ross Justice I don't think they even do it in that either and that's a very
4: yeah.
2: very heavily influenced Super Friends uh, Legion of Doom story
0: <laughs> yes it is
2: so <laughs> so much yeah all I mean that's just you know. If we could do the adult version of Supre- of Super Friends and Legion of Doom, that's it. But no, it's not even yeah. there. So no, I don't think it's ever been done.
0: So okay, so what else is out there then?
2: Well, another one that I thought of was, um, again, this gets back to like again, it was it, the idea of uh, of just big changes from panel to, from page to page or panel to page or panel to whatever. Was was the FF movies the Fantastic Four movies? And how they had to shoehorn Dr. Doom into their origin.
3: Okay. You
2: know, like Doom is never, I mean, he's,
3: he's, you know. As which I've, both it, iterations of the movie so far right, have done.
2: Have done both times because it's easier than trying to set his origin story up, which again, we've, we've talked about in other episodes. I would personally, you know, I'm all for a Doom trilogy and then okay. the Fantastic Four. Um, I would love to see Doom fleshed out as a character as opposed to being like a footnote within the Fantastic Four because, you know, Doom's awesome. But, um, you know, I I think you have to do the heavy lifting of setting up the idea that Doom is the world's worst college roommate, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. right. And then have him become, you know, go off to the bat and, you know, get the mask and all that stuff. But I, I do think it's, you know, again, it's, it's, it's just, it's either lazy writing or just shorthand the idea that, well, no, he, that Doom gets powers from cosmic rays like they do, which is not the case. And it's that way in both, you know, like, like Clifton was saying, it's in both the, the the Fox as well as the Fantastic
3: Four 2015 version as well. Yeah,
2: you're right. But it's one of those things where I think I think again it's 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 just to you know for economy of time that's why it's done as opposed to you know really taking the time to flesh out Doctor Doom as a character. Even even more so that they make him sort of Euro trashy in the in the most recent <laughs> incarnations. Isn't that quite like kind of like what he is?
3: I have not seen the oh, 2015 seen version yeah, yet. Okay. No, but the actor is uh Toby Kebbell who I like quite a bit. Like every okay. like all the cast in that movie are great actors. Right. Yeah, yeah. it's just so it's, it's unfortunate.
2: Well, I mean it, the, the reason why I thought about I was just thinking about stuff is, is you know you had mentioned that it was on Disney Plus that had been put yeah, on recently. strangely
3: popped up there.
2: And it was on, you know, cable a while back and I you know, I I sat through it in chunks. And yeah, it's it's got a ton of great actors in it, you know, Michael Jordan and um who else is in it? Uh Miles. Timmy Bell. Right? Miles Teller.
1: Miles uh, Teller. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Some
2: great some great actors. It's just not it's just not a very good movie at all. And it definitely doesn't really, you know, that's the, the other big change is the idea that, you know, it's clobbering time, is what Ben Grimm's older brother said to him as he was beating him up. Like, you know, that <laughs> is, you know it's just, you know, there's no there's no joy in Mudville. Why would we bother to make this movie this way? I don't really quite <laughs> get it. But Doom was the one that jumped out me, and I'm like, yeah, they've done it twice now.
1: Yeah, but I just I didn't like it because it made it seem like if you just go into space, you will get powers, as yeah. opposed to the comic <laughs> rays, uh, the cosmic rays just killing you. You know, or the radiation exposure. That's mm-hmm. all I saw it as. It was just it was just a weird way to imbue people with superpowers, and then they made they turned uh, uh, Doctor Doom into Magneto. That's Getting what I saw right? it as. Well, I mean, yeah. It's
2: just it's just they treat him like, I mean, he's supposed to be the, the you know, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're one seed, they're, they're a tier villain. And he's kind of a footnote of like, oh, yeah, by the way, he's with him and he gets powers too.
0: Yeah, I think also like in the, not the 2015, what year that tw- 2005, 2005, the, the one that um, Chris Evans is in where he's mm-hmm. the human torch there, there is a, a weird bit of, I'm not saying this isn't part of Dr. Doom's character, but like a lot of his motivation in that movie reads as coming from vanity, like mm-hmm. vanity and jealousy only. Right. And I right. think that those are important pieces sure. for sure, but he's a much deeper character than what we got to see. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely.
2: And thankfully none of the stuff that they've, they've done in the movies has gone back to the comics. I mean, there's no, you know, as you said, it's one of the things where most times, I think they've gone out of their way to to basically say that no doom. while well, he may be vain or was vain at one point. He's not that way anymore, uh. and Doom certainly doesn't need you know anyone's assistance to get anything done. So, but like I said, it was just one of the things where I thought of all the characters in those movies, it's a really, it's a fair. Everyone else is pretty much the same, except for the fact that that's played as a really big. You know, they just treat him like a footnote, right?
3: Which, if I remember right, though, in Ultimate Fantastic Four by Mark Miller and mm-hmm. Brian Michael Bendis, they do put Doom in the origin, too. And it's more like the 2015 film I version so, yeah. is from that, if I remember right. Yeah, I think you're correct,
0: correct about that. It'll be interesting to see what the MCU does with him. Because yeah. I have to admit, I mean, I know that they have plans for him. He's got to be... You know, maybe not the next big bad, like maybe, you know, he may not be the next Thanos, but he certainly could be very easily. (laughs) I think. One of the ones that I can think of from one of the Marvel movies, but not uh, this is back in the Fox days. And this this is kind of in a weird like, like, I don't like this take, but I kind of like this change (laughs) is Juggernaut from X-Men three. (laughs)
1: like what what do you like about the change? I'll I'll tell
0: you what I like about the change I like that they just straight up made him a mutant
1: okay and just like it
0: just just for like okay we're not going to get into the to to the fact that he got his powers from the crystal and all that other stuff we're not doing any of that stuff he's not going to be on screen that much it's just easier if we just make him into a mutant and just say that's what he is and that's it that is the only thing about it that I like like (laughs) like like, like I'm I'm good with that like uh, you know I I I like that in the comics he's not a mutant, but I just like that they just, you know, just like they just had that shorthand. Like we're just going to do it that way, and then the rest of the character, I'm like, like, why didn't he have a shirt on? Like, <laughs> you know, like, right? Yeah.
2: No, I never, I never liked that one because it's it's all about for me. It was always the idea of like eventually. I thought, well, sooner or later we're going to get to Doctor Strange, and part of the the thing with Juggernaut is that he gets it from Ciderac, which is the, the yes. thing that is which is the. You know that's one of those big spells for for Doctor Strange. He even uses it in in uh, Infinity War when they're fighting yes. Thanos. Is a Crimson mm-hmm. Man of Cyderac when he when that moment when he basically tries to restrain Thanos. That's what he's the spell he's using. I mean I know it's a huge you know inside dork moment, but I was like oh it's Crimson Man it's cool. But that's what it comes from because that's where you draw they draw the power from the same place. And it, I think there was maybe during Acts of Vengeance an issue where or issue or two with Juggernaut and Strange meet up and it's kind of mm-hmm, like yeah. a. A really tough battle because they're both drawing power from the same place
1: from the same place well i like the fact of his anger comes from the fact that he doesn't have powers like his stepbrother was more Mm -hmm. of a jealousy thing which leads him to get the um
2: yes exactly that's the other thing too is the fact that he goes after he basically you know he, he thinks that isn't isn't it the idea tommy that he thinks that you know it's like one of the things where he thinks that charles is a is a puss because he doesn't use his powers for
1: yeah, for the ways that he would do it, and he, he would, sort of like right? envies him and hates him all at once. The whole reasoning as to why he would be his lifelong enemy is because of the power um, dynamic that he's displaying.
2: Well, they're kind of like thrown together. They are like the, the the parents get together, and you know they they you know they come from from other. I think it's Charles's dad still alive, and Juggernaut's mom is still alive. That's yeah, they, they remarry. Mm-hmm. They remarry and get together, and as a result, they're thrown together. And Charles is kind of open the idea of having a brother, and and. Kane's, you know, Kane Marcos going kind of like, yeah, hey, you're an idiot and doesn't like him and then finds out he has powers. He's like, why don't you use these for like, you know, petty crime or something or big crime <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. And then part of the deal is he goes off to like the army and then eventually, you know, stumbles He becomes like a soldier of fortune or like an adventurer type.
1: No, I thought he turned into a deserter and he comes across
2: is the Is that case. what he is? It's been it's a while since I've read two. it. It could be. It's one, one yeah, it's one of those I remember, but I remember it's, I thought it was, he was he almost becomes like a a Indiana Jones type and he's raiding, (laughs) he's raiding tombs or whatever and finds it. It could be, be. it could be that he left, he he deserted his post. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: None of this made it into the movie. No, no, no,
2: (laughs) no, no,
1: I don't think
0: there's a moment. I mean, it's been forever since I've seen X-Men three also. um, But you know, I don't, I don't think there's a moment where Juggernaut and Xavier on screen together. Yeah. I don't don't think think they have a scene together. I don't think they do. Oh,
1: wow. I like, I like, I like the depiction of the Juggernaut in Deadpool too. That was just comical.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, well, they, you just see the, the massively, how massively big he is. Mm-hmm. and hmm potentially just a scary individual that you, you would not co- want to confront in any way, shape, or form.
2: hmm Well, speaking about those movies, I mean, X3 is another one where they basically, they. I mean, I have not seen uh, the last X-Men movie, but they definitely, they tried to do Dark Phoenix, And obviously they totally deviate from everything that was in the books. The first
3: time they tried it and deviated as opposed to the second time they tried it and deviated. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. So they've tried. It's just one of the things
2: where they haven't, you know, again, it's, it's, it's a lot of, it would be a lot of heavy lifting. It'd be a lot to, you know, a lot, a lot of your budget would be spent on, you know, trying to set up, you know, La and the Imperial guard. And if you want to go that, that deep into it, I think the animated, the ninety-two one did a better job of doing Dark Phoenix than anything so far, right? O- but, outside of comics, I would think.
1: And then there's the inclusion of the Hellfire Club too, right? Uh, if you're gonna do the whole time, you know, just the, oh, the no, lead the up manipul- to and stuff.
2: You talk about the manipulation of her by Mastermind.
1: Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. leads up to it eventually. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, it definitely does. So, but yeah, that's another one where, when I think about X three. I was like, yeah, they just you know they wanted <laughs> to do it, but boy, did they did they, they not look at the source material.
1: Yeah. Yeah. At least in the recent one, they at least they showed them in the space mission.
3: No,
0: that's what yeah. I was going to say. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm like <laughs> at the
3: alien race. Yeah. yeah.
0: I'm like at least the Dark Phoenix the 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 movie like mm-hmm. we we inched closer to it a little bit. Right.
2: <laughs> it's funny though when when you were saying Zach about the 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 Fox stuff, I thought I thought you were leaning, you know, you're I thought you were going to take one of the other ones that I had, one of the other ones that I had that I thought was was a big deal at the time was the Tobey Guimer's Spider-Man stuff. And it was the organic web shooters.
3: Right. Yeah, oh, I, was gonna think yeah.
2: That, I was thinking that too. Like that was a huge deal. When working the comic shop at the time, people were like, I can't believe he has organic web shooters. I can't believe that that's what they're going to go with. I can't believe that, he, you know, And yeah. you, you, you think of, um, you know, it, it always makes me, when I think of organic web shooters now, I think of the, what's the Nathan Fillion character from venture brothers.
3: <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah. the, brown recluse yes i think, right. of,
2: the, I think of brown <laughs> recluse and the fact that he's you know he's got a spinneret out of his butt because you know like like a spider would right yeah whereas you know whereas the spider man you know the character of, he has them in his wrist in in uh in the in the, in the sam raimi right. yeah yeah in the sam raimi stuff because a lot of people you know a lot of people were kind of like well i can't believe they're not going to show up you know that peter parker is you know is it's highly intelligent and like
3: that was an illustration of part of the character yeah was that he invented them because he was yep. smart
2: right for a while in the books the books start to reflect the idea that you know oh no he, he's we're gonna we're leaning we're gonna lean heavily into this you know we have we have a successful franchise finally at Marvel movies so the the, the comics have to start to reflect that and we start to get that inching towards well you know does you know he actually has <laughs> his body starts to evolve and he has got organic web shooters.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think it's called the Brown Widow, and um, yeah, in Adventure <laughs> Brothers. Yeah, is that what it As is? To, yeah, because it's it's not the Black Widow. It's the Brown right. Widow. It's yeah. Brown yeah. Widow. Sure, like the it Brown Widow.
0: hilarious when I saw it. Yeah, but I mean the web shooter thing. I remember not really having a dog in that race. Yeah, you know because it was, it, yeah. I, the trade off, like I said, is that um, or like you said, but uh, is that you don't get a showcase of how intelligent Peter is. Right. Right. You don't get you don't really get um, a, a shortcut for that, mm-hmm. right? But the 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 one argument that I made for it was I was like, what if he gets spider powers and he can do everything else a spider can do? <laughs> right. Except for this one thing. Like, why sure. would he not be able to make webs in any way? Sure. Uh, but he didn't have like, why are they coming out of his wrists? Sure. But- <laughs>
2: I mean, grant The other thing is like, well, he didn't have 16 eyes or whatever spiders have. Yeah. So, but I mean, it, it was one of those, I think, I want to say at the time I was kind of like, eh, I mean, I don't remember if I was, I don't remember if it was one camp or the other. I thought, you know, at the same time, I want Peter to showcase his intelligence because it's a big part of the character. But I was also kind of like, I think I was just giddy at the fact that we had a good Spider-Man movie. Yeah. You know, I think Spider-Man one and two had come out or were around the part, you know, they were talked about or I knew one was out, but, yeah. um, you know, I was just happy to have them. So and it's funny because again, there's also that the in when we look at the 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 modern stuff like homecoming and, and uh far from home and civil war with the with the Tom Holland stuff, a lot of people were really kind of, you know, kind of pushed back at the idea of that it seemed like for a while that Peter was just gonna be Tony Stark's little buddy.
0: Okay. Yeah. It felt
2: that way. You know, mm-hmm. and the idea that, you know, I mean, granted, there's a there's a precedent set if it within, within the ultimate books. That Peter, you know, that Tony Stark has been around and kind of like a, you know, a, 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 an icon or trend center for for people of the intelligence set. You know, it's not really yeah. a thing that would be out of out of range for Peter to be into the idea of Tony Stark or being And he pops like up
0: him. in in Civil War also, which there's right. a weird congruency with that comic book storyline, even though it's it, it's completely different. But at least you know they're 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 teamed up there too. Mm-hmm. It, it is it is done better, in my opinion, in the movie, I sure, think. Sure. Yeah.
2: But I mean, you, but even so, like, even, you know, when, when, you know, people were getting, you know, their nose out of joint about it, you still have moments of, you know, when you look at, when, when Tony first comes to the apartment to talk to him, you know, there's footage of him being spider, you know, of, you know, your, uh, your bargain basement, you know, right, your dollar shirt and the yeah, goggles. Yeah. <laughs> your dollar store Spider-Man that doesn't have all the, the, the cool suit and bells and whistles and stuff that he's you know he's made web shooters he's still doing the thing you know he's still fighting crime and even more so it's a subtle nod in in homecoming where he you know he lifts up the lockers or no he's in he's in the, the class and he's mixing up the chemistry stuff and making and you can tell that there's it's like i think it says on the bottle something like web shooter formula number 3 like he's been tinkering with it right, so yeah. you get it's not spelled out but you get the idea at least that he's you know he made it himself that he's trying to make it better
0: yeah yeah absolutely no i love that stuff and and what, while we're on Spider-Man for the MCU, the one quick change that I can think of, too, is the fact that he lives in an apartment, not uh, a house
3: in Forest Hills, in Forest which is Hills, a change yeah. I
0: like. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I, was thinking
3: a, I was thinking a lot about the MCU Spider-Man because they made mm. a lot of subtle changes that I think are long, long overdue. And that's one of them. The fact right. that like. In the '60s, he was drawn as living in a single-family Queens house with Aunt May, and then the '90s kept that. But like, that's a six hundred, seven hundred thousand-dollar house. <laughs> but, or by the two thousand, by the time the two thousand movie was made, uh. probably be even more by now. So, like, if he's supposed to be, you know, your average kid, money troubles often in right. the comics is part of it. Then that's not where you're going to have him living. You're going to have him living you know, in a, in a more efficient apartment. Right. And so the that was one change. The fact that his friend group is now all not white. Sure. I yeah. think is also a very good change because he's, he's, a, he's a teenager in New York and Queens in modern day. And that's just not going to, like, it's going to match his experience more. Right. It's not reflective. It's going right. to be all right. white. <laughs> right. Right. Like the 2000 movie did. Yeah.
2: <laughs> right. Yes, yeah, so a future Deathstroke was in that peer group.
3: <laughs> right, right, <laughs>
2: that's right. <laughs> I was thinking about that. a funny bit that he was Flash Thompson too.
0: Yeah, I keep forgetting that. <laughs> right. Yeah.
2: But also, what you know, when we're talking again, when we're talking Spider-Man and other stuff. I do think it's interesting that, like, when you get to say Spectacular Spider-Man, you know, there's definitely some, you know, a, a fair amount of, you know, changes there from you know the source material, the idea that uh, Eddie. Eddie isn't a isn't a reporter that is disgraced by Spider-Man, you know, having the wrong facts about a Spider-Man story. Now he's kind of like a childhood chum, but he's also kind of antagonistic. And before he becomes Venom, and that's more, again, that's another one that's sort of like kind of from the ultimate universe, but not what we would known about Venom before that point.
0: Yeah. No, yeah, no. And that's one of my favorite things about the show, is that it does it, it takes characters that that didn't meet in the original telling of those stories back in 62 or whatever. And then kind of like lump a ton of people together. They put Eddie Brock in a gang that's got Flash Thompson and all these other characters that really he never like by that point, like Peter was like, was way out of high school. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those characters had had been killed off and right. just, you know, they weren't in the books anymore. And I think it's cool. You know, there, there's a moment where like, he, you know, he's kind of dating Mary Jane for a second. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. I think we, I think we
2: talk, I mean, it's one of those things where I think we always, you know, when Zach, when we were writing and stuff, we talk about the idea of the circle being too close. Yeah. And it's one of the things where I think Spectacular does a fine job of like really skirting that with like a lot of characters are done, you know, for, for sake of time or whatever to get, to get them from being like, you know, to what you know that from being just a person to being what you know they're going to become in really good and interesting ways. Yeah. Because I think it's one of those things where like, I you know, I don't know if any of you ever read Spider-Man chapter one.
0: No. What are you talking about? By I don't John even Burn. know what that is.
2: It's a, it's a miniseries by John Byrne. When John Byrne took over the books, he was basically did like a 12-issue mini, if I remember correctly. Okay. In which he was basically getting to retell Spider-Man's origin. But it was one of the things where it was so, like everything was so close. Like, for example, you'd have, you know, Dr. Octavius worked for Norman Osborn mm-hmm. and then, you know, like um, what's another one? Like the burglar had something to do with Norman Osborn's plan. Oh, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. i (laughs) i I
0: hate that stuff i hate when they make the burglar into something bigger
2: right and then it was it was even like people were joking about like you know when 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 the explode like the explosion happens to to uh oh that's what it was someone was saying that because he was that one of the ideas that was kicked around was the idea that um because Sandman and Norman Osborne had similar hair that they were somehow related. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can picture the you hair know, but again, uh, because making the circle way too tight, like it, yeah. you know, it, it just becomes a point of like, well, everyone, everyone is something and it shouldn't always be that way.
0: Yeah. And sometimes uh, not, not, not the Sandman, uh, Norman Osborne thing that that's dumb, mm. uh, but sometimes there there's, there's a grain of it, of, of an interesting idea in there. Right. Which is, right. Again, I'm not not saying I'm for or against it or anything, but I remember n- now that as you're talking about it, it's coming back to me, Or I remember that one of the things he set out to me was he tried to kind of put a lot of the bad guy characters together because he was like otherwise there's there's some kind of like explosion every week in New York that gave somebody <laughs> powers. Right? Sure. And if right. they're all kind of like together, we kind of have like one event that's mm-hmm. that's sort of like like the origin of multiple people and yeah, it does keep the circle too tight. But I, uh, like I said, I get the germ of where the idea came from, and I think that it, you know, he his heart's in the right place for that, right? But yeah, I just I I don't really like it when the circle is kept too tight, and I think that Spectacular does a really good job of keeping it tight and mm. and wide at the at same, same time, absolutely. You know? Because Spider Man's world should be a little tight, I think, right. you know. But um. But yeah, I think I think in that instance, like, like why why make them related? That's silly. Yeah, like, yeah.
2: Well, I mean, it, you so you know, know so it again, has nothing, right? Well, again, with that explosion idea, it was like you know, it, when when the explosion happens, that it, it, well, there's supposed to be an explosion that gives Doctor Octopus, Arth- you know, you know Doctor Octopus Arth- gets the ability to to move the arms without you know without mental, or with just mental control, right? And then and then I think in the same scene, Norman Osborne is there, and that starts to begin the mental decline of him being the Goblin. And again, and again, someone I think at the time an article I read joked about the idea like, well, is is Sandman in the the trunk, and therefore he gets Sandman powers by being in the in the bomb blast of this explosion? Again, it gets a little too constrictive that they're all all right there at the same time.
0: Yeah, I mean the thing with like changes like that, like I always are I'm always asking like, what is it bias? You know, like why why is it better? Why do Mm -hmm. why do Like, what is it like? And a lot of times, I find that that it's not. It, it does it doesn't add anything beneficial, mm-hmm. to you know what I mean? Like like what does what does Sandman and Norman Osborn relation at all? Like what kind of conversation does that hint at that they would have? Right to ma- right like I guess it makes a natural team up between the two of them. Okay, that's fine, but I mean they're both bad guys, so it's like. <laughs> You know, right. like, I mean, I always assume that there's going to be a sinister six supervillain team up against Spider-Man anyway, so I don't need them. They can be cousins, all be strangers to be cousins. Like yeah. they, you know, you not that, you know, <laughs>
2: they've known each yeah. other since they were children and therefore they're going to team up against Spider-Man. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think. And then, I mean, and I think that there's small changes too, where it's not like, I mean, Tony Stark in the MCU is really, you know, if you were going to, if you were going to write down his character traits on a piece of paper from the comic and from Robert Downey, you know, uh, plays, everything is virtually there. I just, what I like though, is that Robert Downey just it, it brings a little bit more charm to it, brings a little bit more of um, kind of a recklessness, like, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that I enjoy that. He's very likely either going to, Invent some kind of—he's gonna have some kind of breakthrough in science in his laboratory, or he's gonna blow his arm off, right? <laughs> right, and, bo- and both yeah. are possible. And both are possible in that moment, you know. Well, I don't know. I, for
1: me, I mean, I, to me, it's a love-hate relationship to how it's portrayed because, to me, I thought Tony was a character in himself, but with um, Robert Downey Jr.'s appearance of larger than life, it circumvents everything that came before him, in my opinion. Like, I don't think we're ever going to see him really with the drinking problem. I would have loved to see um, him fleshed out a bit more with what happens when people steal his armor, like with the armor worlds that uh, that was a nice integration mm-hmm. of it. That would been great. I wanted to see a lean back into him being a a, a, a arms dealer because Tony was never that smart. We had other people to fall on, but mm. because of the characterization and what they try to push the story forward, Tony became more, he became a stronger womanizer than mm. in the books. Um, what else?
0: Yeah. Well, I think some of that's an ultimate also, though. I, th- I no, do it, think, right. I do think ultimate, the ultimate. So I was going to say ultimate Avengers. That's not a thing. The ultimate <laughs> <laughs> is yeah. is sort of a lot of the precursor to, to many things in the MCU. Oh, no, I definitely. Think.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Like a, a glaring example again with that was um, Samuel Jackson's um, Nick Fury. Yeah, right. I had that yeah. one too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost art imitates life, imitates art in one film. Yeah. You know,
2: <laughs> right, right.
1: Yeah, prophetic yeah. in a in a sense.
2: Yeah, they were definitely, definitely the idea of you know the the idea that they're doing you know the wide the widescreen book with Mark Miller and uh, Brian Hitch's Ultimates, and then the idea that they're almost you know not so much anybody else, but definitely with with uh, with uh, Nick Fury, the idea that they're. Already casting the movie by making him be Sam Jackson. Yeah. Was definitely, you know, like you said, it was pretty prophetic, the idea that that's what they wanted to do. But getting back to Tony real quick, I, I, you know, it's definitely one of those things where because of Danny's, you know, Danny Jr.'s charm and the fact that he's, you know, he is so good as Tony, any portrayal of Tony since then in the books, in the animated stuff, all of that stuff is done through the lens of what Robbie Downer did
3: as. Yeah, Tony it's Stark all people impersonating. Yeah, mm-hmm. everybody's Danny doing Jr. is
2: doing their Robert yeah. Downey
0: Jr. impression of Tony Stark being Iron Man. And
3: so I think, but I think
0: that's what it adds. I think I think that's what it buys us, and I think that that's a, go- a a good thing. Uh, air quote, good thing. I will say is that now Tony Stark, who who was a character that that was kind of kind of a cardboard character. Cardboard cutout mm. at times, right? I, to me anyway, I would okay. say that, no right? Like no, like no. I, I didn't I didn't have I didn't have a, besides the fact that he was a drunk, I didn't yeah, have but- a, I didn't have any bearings <laughs> of to what that character would w- how he would speak in a situation and suddenly right. down he plays it and now there's a voice to that character It's sure, right. in your head. I understand that yeah. you know, but
1: to me, uh, with the result of him playing that character, we'll never get one of his strongest storylines. Because of Robert Downey Jr. and his personal life, I would. Only, life.
0: I would say, I, no, I think that's a Disney thing.
2: I would say the only bit we get of it is in Iron Man Two is when, is at the party when he's got right. the suit on and people are throwing the glassware and he starts shooting it with his repulsors. Mm-hmm. You just get an inkling of like I got it in the moment. I'm like, ugh, the idea of him being drunk in that Iron Man suit <laughs> yeah. is terrifying because yep. you know just the little bit that Pepper gets, you know, gets the the, the, the little bit of glass that cuts her. I mean, that's just that's a f- like a minute fraction of what could possibly go wrong. Yeah, if he kept on, you know, kept on partying and drinking. Don't get me wrong, I, demon of bottles is a huge, you know, it's a huge bit, and it's one of those things where it stays in the comics forever. As well as the fact that I would love to have seen Armor Wars. That's a great bit too.
1: Well, we get a we get an inkling of Armor Wars with his vengefulness towards uh, Bucky or the yeah. Winter Soldier. Yeah. That's the closest we get to Armor Wars. The fact that. He was relentless in getting people who took his armor in the same fashion that he was relentless as getting Bucky, you know?
0: Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, but I think the drawback, if I could call it that, is that, like you said, like the, the way that it, it, like everybody has to write the character that way. Everybody has to do the portrayal that way, is that you find just how talented Robert Downey is, that he makes it right. He makes it big and over the top but it's never too, too over the top. Right. And everybody Mm -hmm. else, like, like all the other writers that kind of put their fingers in it. Sometimes it can feel like it's trying too hard. Right. You know what I mean? And it just, it just all feels natural to him. I think like, like as I'm watching it at least. And I, and and that's what I appreciate is that, is that he's larger than life, but at the same time, there's a groundedness to him too. If that's a word.
1: Yeah. But I, yeah, I get the, but it's to me, it's the same thing with um, Samuel Jackson and Nick Fury. It's not like the character didn't have a personality before, True. but they lean it towards the one with the stronger character development or characterization of that particular person. Um, We already get an example of how Nick Fury was back in the day, but due to how Samuel Jackson plays the character, there's a swap.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. That's one of those, I was going to say, is the fact that that's definitely one that, that resonated back to the books and now that, you know, Nick Fury Jr. <laughs> looks, you know, Looks like a younger Sam Jackson in the comics. In the regular main Marvel universe stuff is is very telling about the fact about the strength of you know Sam Jackson's portrayal of being Nick Fury.
0: Right. Yeah. No. I think and maybe not. You you can argue to to what degree this is successful, but I think along the lines of Downey, um, I think Star Lord is kind of the same way a mm-hmm. little bit. Like I think yep. Chris Pratt's yeah. portrayal yeah. is 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 sort of in the vein of Downey. Right. We're like. I mentioned in another episode. I did not have a whole lot of tolerance for the space cosmic stuff in the Marvel universe and everything. But so so my first introduction to Star Lord was, I think, the Avengers cartoon, the mm-hmm. Earth's Mightiest Heroes. And like and I didn't know what he was. I'm like, I'm like what is he, a robot? What's going on? Right. <laughs> like, you know, like he's just a stone. And then right. I see Chris Pratt and it's like. He's Marvel's every man, mm-hmm. in my opinion, that like he's he's just, he's just some you know, I I this this will sound harsher than I mean it, but he's just, you know, a buffoon that's out in space, you know. <laughs> right. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, because
2: if you look at again, it's one of the things where again from page to, to film, Star Lord is not really like there's no real that's not that personality doesn't come in probably till Abbott and Lanning does their bit with the uh, Annihilation. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. When they start where yeah. they start
2: to put together that team of Guardians, that Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. comes into play. But Starlord before that was, you know, it's kind of like, it's, if, if I remember correctly, I could be wrong, but it's out of like the same vein of like Logan's run and those 70s kind of sci-fi stuff. Cause he yeah. first appears back that, that's how long the character goes back. And I've only read bits and pieces of that Lord stuff, but that's not the Peter Quill that we have. It's Chris Pratt's at all. Right. Right. You
0: know, that's a totally different character. So there's, you know. I mean, charm, like we said with Downey, like charm is the key. Like there's, there's a. Mm-hmm. There's a buffoonish charm to him that I like. I mean, and there's a childlike quality to him too, which, which again, I mean, given what his origin is in that set in the setup of that movie, Mm -hmm. it makes perfect sense that he's that he's essentially a man child. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) You know, of course, because I'm sure for a lot of it he
2: had to raise himself. Yeah. You know, he had Yondu as a a daddy, but still, it was one of those things where a lot of it was, you know, a lot of it was learning by doing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, he was like a latchkey kid out in space. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So. Well put nice. very well put, <laughs> thank you, yeah, but um so I was when i when I started to put together my list of like this stuff and I was thinking about things, I had that moment of like wh- let me let me treat it back to its source, and what was the first time I really was like, you know this is not not to have that you know not to have that Annie Wilkes moment of it's not fair, or you know they didn't get out of the a duty car moment it was you know it was definitely a moment of when was the first time I remembered. You know, watching or, re- or reading something and then going to watch it and being disappointed because it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And I had to think all the way back to like the Fantastic Four cartoon, not the first one. Because the <laughs> first one I watched in South Texas, they ran it on, I think I told the story in another episode where they ran it on Univision in Spanish. And I wanted to watch the show so badly that I didn't care about the, you know, that I didn't understand it because I could follow the story because it basically was just the Kirby and Lee stuff, you know, animated, not the Hanna Barbera Fantastic Four. But the next one, is where I first was like, this is really a really odd transition from panel to animation, which was the Fantastic Four cartoon where they introduce Herbie, right, right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, where it's like it's like okay, cool, Fantastic Four, it's it's Ben Grimm the you know the Thing and and Sue Storm the Invisible Woman and and, and Reed Richards the, the Mister Fantastic and Herbie, right, yeah, <laughs> you know. And 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 the story behind it was, you know, always the idea that you know they the, whoever was producing this this cartoon was afraid that kids were going to see the Human Torch and emulate him and set themselves on fire,
4: yeah. right? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. You know? I remember. And, that. and
2: as a result, we got Herbie. <laughs> like Herbie was the fill in for Johnny. And I don't remember. I mean, I haven't like revisited them since the you know they first aired. Not that I really want to, but I don't know if it's ever explained. Like Johnny's on a mission, or Johnny's like at college, or. I don't know if Johnny's even in it, to be honest with you. I just remember that Herbie was kind of like the lame replacement for Johnny. And it's not even like he has a similar, like, (laughs) not that I expect a robot to have Johnny's personality, you know, but Mm -hmm. it was an odd, it was one of those things where that was like the first place I can remember it being introduced was, you know, this, this moment of disappointment with this cartoon that didn't have the actual fantastic, I mean, three of the Fantastic Four and that was it.
0: Yeah, I could see that. Plus, you you already have a robot with Reed over there. like <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah. You're taking the guy with the personality out. Yeah. You know? And then Burn, like I
2: know during John Byrne's run, he brought in, you know, Herbie is like a security droid slash, you know, um, <laughs> protocol droid type for a while that's around. And then, but then it's not, I don't know if Herbie still exists in the books now. I don't know if Dan Slott's like the current writer, I think, of Fantastic Four has brought him back or not, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, Herbie's where I first like first
3: initially had that moment of like,
2: man, just put the Fantastic Four on.
3: Right. I hope we get Herbie in MCU Fantastic Four though. We, we might. <laughs> we could. You know, depending. So Going back to the MCU though, with Spider Man specifically, there's one change so far with Spider Man that I'm not crazy about in the MCU version, and yeah. it's it's understated, mm-hmm. but that it's there's no mention of Ben. Yeah. There's been no reference to Uncle mm-hmm. Ben in the mcu stuff as far as i can remember
2: i think there's only there's one scene with him and um uh ned where basically yeah. he, he doesn't want to tell he doesn't want to put more of a strain on her because of everything that's happened and that's right. pretty much yeah. all that they say about it it's not even you know it's not even that moment of like the flashback to the car the burglar and all that right
3: stuff. And, I, and i think like the suitcase he takes to europe has ben's initials on it yes yeah yep, that's, and it I it think like yep. that's it and, it, and it's a thing where, like, I know why Marvel's doing this. Like, I know why they've made this decision to omit it. Mm. And it's because, like, when people are talking about the three boot, like, the, we had the Raimi version. We had the Andrew Garfield, uh, Mark Webb version. And then MCU version, like, everybody's first reaction was, oh, great. Like, I don't want to see Uncle Ben die again. Sure. And like that became kind of like the meme, at least online where everyone's like, oh no, we're going to see Ben die again. Like we don't want to see that. And I think Marvel kind of overcorrected in that regard by avoiding it entirely. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, we don't need to see it happen again because we're all familiar with it pretty well. But like for, to admit it completely, I think is an over, like a wrong overcorrection on their part. So hopefully like it does play more a part coming yeah. up in in the spider-man movies
1: yeah but no i don't have a problem with that either but i mean look, actually i don't have a problem with it only because i think it's a more realistic portrayal of it because mm. if me as a teenager i wouldn't be quick to tell everybody that my uncle died because of my negligence and it just holds <laughs> as a weight or you know something on my shoulders right. that commits me to my purpose i, I-, I get that we know the portrayal that he's ashamed of it and still ashamed of it makes him a stronger hero, in my opinion. That's why I'm fine with them not alluding to it.
0: One of my favorite moments in in all of the MCU is how we get Spider-Man's origin worked in in Civil War, and it's just a line of dialogue. Yeah, and I love it. Like like he's talking to Tony. Yep. In his room, and, and Tony's like, "Why are you doing this?" And, then, and and Peter just says, "He's like, he's like, when you can do what I can do, right?" And and you choose not to, and people get hurt. It's your fault. And yeah. I'm like, perfect, beautiful, yeah. and it ties it's, in so so perfectly with the theme of that movie and mm-hmm. everything. Where it's like it's all about choice. And, yeah. and I'm oh god, yeah. I mean, it yep. is a beautiful bit, but at the same time, like I do wonder, like, like who would they get to be like Uncle Ben <laughs> in that version? Like who would have been the one that you know that that may married. Christian Slater. I still say yeah. Christian Slater.
3: Christian Slater, right. yeah, of course. Yeah, that's what I say. Christian, Christian Slater. Slater, like a good gritty I, Uncle Ben, like a New York <laughs> urban Uncle Ben. I say Kyle Chandler.
1: Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, Frank, to answer your question, our engineer put up that 1978 Fantastic Four cartoon had no Johnny Storm because the rights to the character were tied up with Universal Studios. That had a television movie of the Human Torch in development. Ah. So that's your question, why we got Herbie the Robot.
2: That's terrible. It is immensely terrible. <laughs> right. It's not. It's not Justice League where you could like you could basically get another character and plug him in. It, he's the Fantastic Four. He's he's, he's a family right. member. You kind of need him.
3: Right. Like, what's the point? Right. Yeah. Right. Without.
2: Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, Can you like, imagine the, the, those first Fox movies? Um, which, which which I mean I do like those movies. Can you imagine them without the? the johnny ben dynamic no to it i mean like that that's that's the heart and soul of those movies is is Mm -hmm. that stuff yeah how many (laughs) i wonder
1: well no but no you're right i I definitely love that part stuff but i was gonna ask you do you remember how many episodes we had to sit through with herbie and no torch
0: (laughs) yeah no no that's
1: yeah that's the same grueling thing yeah, no, I, I never made
0: it to watch any of these because when Cartoon Network first started and it was on super late, I always tried to stay up and make it, and I never mm-hmm. did. I never, I ne- I always fell I mean, I asleep before it came on. I don't.
2: I don't think you're missing anything. I don't have like I said. I don't have a fondness for the show. I just remember again, it was one of those things. I'm like, oh, cool, the Fantastic Four, and it wasn't yeah. four of them. So
0: I have a, a recent one that that um. Clifton, you're going to roll your eyes because because we've talked about this a lot, but it, it's a recent one. And it's um, I, I love the movie otherwise, but I really hate Cassandra Kane's portrayal in Birds of Prey. Mm. You know what I mean? It's just like it, it, it's a it's a character. I agree that like I know that that when it comes to Cassandra in the comics,
3: there's not a whole lot to to build off of. Right. She yeah, is a character she, I have zero connection with whatsoever from the comics.
0: But I do think, though, that you had writers like James Tinian on Detective Comics that was like investing in in her and was doing some cool things with that character. And and what I think is that you got a, a version of her that didn't resemble at all anything from the comic. And it yeah. and and it was just but like i said you guys like this character so easily could just be holly from batman year 1 and you yeah. wouldn't have to change a thing right right and you wouldn't and you wouldn't have um this character that that i still say i think is more popular than people think mm-hmm. you know but, but the you know yeah. i i will but what i will say completely you know arguing against my own point for that is that um you know, backlash over her portrayal has not been anywhere near as big as I thought it would be.
1: I just think it was more of a keep the diverse cast. Um, um, it could have been easily put in who you suggested and name her that. That would have been a better choice in my opinion. But I think they went with a, a diverse cast in and ca- choosing that particular character at that age range to be what they needed to be. I would have been fine with Stephanie Brown if you're going to keep uh you know, the age range, even Mm -hmm. though, um, it's not who the character is, but yeah, to me, I just see it as a a way to, again, diversify the cast.
0: You could have done Carrie Kelly. You know how people always love to shoehorn her into things like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I mean, even that character at least like does make some sense for that too. I mean, she's completely grown up in like a neglectful household and and stuff like that, like you know, I I love the movie. I don't I don't want to say it like I I like I really really like the movie a lot. It's just that that's just the weakness for me is that you know, and I do think the actress that plays her is really really good. But you know, in my head, if you if you just change the name on the script to say something else, well, my thing is, I mean, the, you know, I've read the 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 Kelly uh it Kelly Bucket, mm. the,
2: the the when she had her solo book when Cassandra Cain when Batgirl had her solo book. And it was written by well, yeah.
0: No, I think you're right.
2: It's Kelly Puckett and Damon Scott. Mm-hmm. That book, that book made a real effort to you know flesh her out, and she was you know at that point the character was pretty you know, almost near mute, like didn't speak. Yeah, only could speak through violence. That was part of the deal with her character. And then they introduced the fact that she, you know she was the main. I mean, the main adversary through that book, and then she's trying to you know, connect with Barbara and Barbara still Oracle and, you know, all that stuff about being back It's a great book. It's one of the things where I like A lot of the heavy lifting about her character is done in that book. I, I just feel like I didn't, I still haven't seen birds of prey. So I really mm. can't comment about whether or not, you know, the character is or isn't what she's supposed to be in that, but it sounds like she's not. And again, I agree with you. If, if that's the case, then just use another character. There's no reason why you need to have that character be, you know, something that she isn't if you're not going to use her that way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, and sorry to <laughs> go back, but the, we only had to sit through 13 episodes of Herbie the Robot in that Yeah. Um, <laughs> <orientation> <laughs> of it. yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to say that I'm going to bring up a totally different character in which I think they finally got it right when they put it on TV as the Punisher. As opposed oh, okay. to okay. Dolph Ludgren and um, a host of other characters <laughs> trying <laughs> to play it in the movies. It went until John Barenthal, I think, got it right with his yeah. intensity. At his um, anguish over the character itself,
2: yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a lot going on. Like that, he as an actor, there's a lot going on with him. The way, mm-hmm. I'm like, you can see it in his face, the way he, you know, his characters process stuff. That I love about yes. his acting, you know. That there's, you know, and especially with him praying, playing Frank, it's definitely kind of, you know, everything. Like you said, the anguish comes through loud and clear. That it's not just I'm a brutal guy that kills people. It's like, oh no, he's haunted by the the, the death of his family every single moment.
0: Yep. Yeah. And there, there's a sensitivity that comes through too. there. There's a there's a warmth in 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 moments that I think is actually quite daring to do for that character. That is so, you know, that's so pegged as one thing. And I and, and Frank, we've talked about this, too, is like the moment where, you know, he's he's sitting in a booth with Karen and they're talking about love. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're getting the Punisher. Yeah. Talk And it's a great scene. It's one of my favorite scenes in any of the Netflix Marvel stuff. stuff. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Thinking of, again, the other the other thing we were again, we're getting back to we're backtracking to stuff we already talked about. In looking at the Raimi stuff, one of the biggest changes that I really never ever worked for me was the fact that, and again, say what you will about Spider Man three, whether you love it or hate it. Um mm. I, I, I you know, I overall I like it. I don't love it. But the idea that they tie in, you know, the sandman has to be tied into Uncle Ben and all that. That yeah. it wasn't just it wasn't just the burglar was on his own. He had an accomplice. You know. I yeah. never I never thought that was necessary. Again, I I'm I'm perfectly fine in my in my, you know, I you know, life. I understand people make choices based on things that happen to them and I get that. And sometimes it's not as black and white as or as simple as, you know, they're just a bad person.
1: But oh, you, know, you don't you don't like that Joel Chill moment?
2: No, I was, I'm perfectly okay with the idea of sometimes people are just, you know, they, they, they enjoy being, you know, they get power set, they get their power set increased and then therefore they're just going to, you know, do whatever they want to do. But I never liked that idea in Spider-Man three, the idea that he was tied into that because it mm-hmm. totally, I, it just totally changes everything about, you know, the sense of responsibility and yeah. Peter's of guilt. Which he,
0: and, of which he takes none. Oh yeah, exactly. That, that, yeah. That's the thing that always got me too, is at the end he confesses. Yes, as to like why he does it and then takes no responsibility for it, he just he just whips away.
2: Yeah, (laughs) right. And Peter, and (laughs) then Peter seems. The thing is, Peter seems cool with it. Yeah, like there's no, there's no more of like, well, wait, wait. I'm I'm
0: with you. I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, I I I can hear the groans now and the hate mail coming, but like we could do an episode on Spider-Man Three because I'm with you. I mean, there's stuff in there that like that I that I like a lot, and I think like I could kind of get a sense of where they were going with it. And mm-hmm. then there's this other thing. I'm just like, what is going on with this movie? <laughs> right. Like, you know, it's one of those things where I almost think that like with another draft or two, sure. it could have been really, really good. And um, I like my change is a cosmetic one, which which on on the on the looking at it, like again, makes certain sense that like when he gets the black costume that like, why would it change the visual? Like it should just be his Spider-Man costume, just black. Right. Right right but i i've always been a little disappointed that we never got like the the, the traditional spider man black costume on screen because it's yeah. one of the coolest designs i think i can ever think of in comics Yeah, it's a great one for, be- for being
2: for being a re- for being a costume that replaces the original it's a it's a pretty great design
0: yeah
2: because that doesn't always happen a lot of times you have people that, that you know like wonder man who has like eight different <laughs> costumes and eight different costumes that really no one really likes. Which one of those? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. still no, like people. Right. Are still people still try to give that poor bastard a costume, and you know they never really work.
1: Yeah, on the other side, that pendulum is Iron Man. No matter what if you put them in, people like it.
2: Generally, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: generally, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, but the Spider Man one, yeah, I'd have paid money just to see him in a black suit in the big screen.
0: Yeah, yeah. sure. So we should start closing out. So, uh, I mean, I still have lots on my list. I'm sure you guys, too. We can always come back to this. Yeah. Also, oh, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, we got a lot of mileage out of this one. I, uh, <laughs> more, more than I thought we would. But so to start wrapping up, though, is there a character that you can think of that if they do adapt to screen, that they would actually be wise to make some changes? Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. You guys have anybody in mind?
2: So, with the upcoming uh, Marvel series Moon Knight, um, I don't really, I mean, it's such an integral part of his story that he has, you know, he has a multiple personality situation going on. So, it's one of those things where I don't know, I mean, you know, know, obviously you would want to handle that with sensitivity and not, you know, not over-dramatize it or make it something, you know. But I don't know how you could do that with that character and still have it be something that people are going to accept. You know, at the time when the character was created, back in the late seventies, I think is when is Werewolf by Night is his
3: first appearance.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I think it was. I don't even know if that's like in that because I've never read it. But I know
3: when he was introduced as his own his own book. You know, that's right. a big. It's not thing. in. It's not in the Werewolf by Night appearance. I actually yeah. have that right behind oh. me on the shelf. Oh wow! <laughs> like the issue. <laughs> right. but yeah, in that he's just a villain hunting a werewolf, so okay. it's it's a very minor part.
2: But it's one of the things where I don't know, you know, I mean, obviously, if you play up the, the mental illness side of things and the I idea say that, that, you know, if you play up that side and the idea that if he, if he has mental illness and he's got multiple personalities and on top of that, he thinks he's speaking to this Egyptian god, Khonshu, right. I don't know how palatable <laughs> that's going to be to people.
3: Right. Right. Like, what's funny is you actually took mine. Oh, sorry. <laughs> 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 Because Moon Knight's the one I was thinking because like like I said I'm a big fan of the right. comics like up reading I'm like they were like the adventure aspect of them mm-hmm. he was a mercenary who had a change yeah. of heart Yep. Uh, like I mean it was it was all interesting stuff but like when I heard that they announced the Disney Plus show I started thinking huh like is that going to work and how is that going to work right and and it's something I like mm-hmm. and so yeah I was I was thinking that too and then I started thinking about there was the. Like the 2014 version, the more recent version that was uh, Warren Ellis mm-hmm. and Declan, Chat- Declan, I can't remember Shelby? the artist. Shelby, yeah, him. We're talking about the version of him in the suit, right? Yeah, in that version, they, they kind of make it a little more less, I don't know what you'd say, but they streamline it more to like a street level detective type of thing. And I was thinking, okay. well, maybe that's what they'll do. Okay. I did like that version too. Okay.
2: I mm. remember. I remember seeing that was out. I never actually got a chance to read it. So
3: yeah, it's a really cool design. The the book's really nice. It has a lot of nice design work in the panels. Okay.
2: Well, I was going to
1: suggest piggybacking off of that mentality or that idea. I don't understand this vision of Scarlet Witch to an extent, just mm-hmm. because the portrayal of it that we've gotten is basically Marvel Girl mm. with the levitation and the mind powers. Right. Her power has always been borderline mysticism, or even, it, but it's supposed to be possibilities, right? Right.
2: Probabilities, but we've
1: yeah. probabilities, but we've never got that type of feeling from seeing her and how she uses her powers, right? It's, so the nature, the nature of the character is wholly and solely different than the comics, correct?
2: Sure. I I wondered about that too when when it was announced because in the comics at one point she just, she um. I'm pretty sure she studies with Ag- Agatha Harkness.
1: Yeah, she definitely studies with Agatha Harkness,
2: and that sort of like sort of like leans into the, the the mysticism side. And then she has that moment in Avengers where they go to Wonder Girl Mountain and they're trying to find out about their origins, and they meet up mm-hmm. with uh, Mor'dred, and mm-hmm. she tips she taps into the dark energy and all that stuff. I don't know if they're what what portion of that they're going to draw from, if at all, but um. Because again, you know, with everything going on, there's not been any announcements of like, well, this person is going to play Agatha Harkness or there's any extra additional, you know, other than her and Paul Bettany. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I haven't heard when I say her, I say, uh, what's her name? The actress.
0: <laughs> no, Elizabeth Olsen. Um, oh, Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah. Olson. yeah
2: I would have been here all night trying to get that one. But Elizabeth Olsen <laughs> and Paul Bettany, it, it's those are the only two characters that we know of for sure. I just think it's one of those things where it might be, you know, the door opens there. And then once we get to, if we ever get to, when eventually we get to the Doctor Strange sequel, the, mystic, the mysticism side is definitely going to be more in play. But again, I think it's they're going to have to do something, you know, unless they're just going to full on embrace the idea that Agatha Harkness ex- exists long before we see her in Fantastic Four, where she's Franklin's nanny.
1: Yeah, that's the introduction of the characters, Franklin's nanny, because she's the only one that can deal with a baby with those type of powers, you know? Right. Right. Yeah, no, I agree with you, but it's just they're going to have to introduce that part of her background, at least mm-hmm. in that series, in order to bring us even halfway to what they're portraying to the trailers that we're seeing.
0: Right. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Uh, I actually couldn't think of anybody, so I will co-sign on <laughs> Moon Knight with you guys. Because <laughs> I actually think that's a good one, too. Like, uh, it's... how, how do How is that going to make sense? <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> no. To an audience, yeah, you're going <laughs> to... You're gonna yeah, have to run was- a comb through that. Oh, I guess, yeah. I guess going on that. I guess Hawkman. Yeah, you might have to clean that up a little bit too. I mean, they're kind of similar in that, like, like weird uh, lot going on <laughs> with their backstories. Yeah. So, oh yeah. I mean, I think you. I mean, I think you would have to just play it straight at first,
2: and then be be like, oh, by the way, this is you know, this is only our, you know. Our, you know a 35th incarnation or reincarnation right. and, and basically deal with the fact that no they they do this eternally with you know it's the two of them in hat set forever yeah um, so but i think you could do it you know I, I i'd, you I'd know. like to see them
0: try for sure. sure
2: i mean on the other side of thing i mean they did an all right version of that in legends of the legend uh, dc legends of tomorrow mm-hmm. like first season you have those two characters so it's you know it's explained
0: it can oh be explained. Yeah, yeah i forgot but, I they mean, were part of that
2: yeah, they were for, they were not very long.
0: Because to me, um, that's that that I just think of that as like Rip Hunter's show.
3: <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure, it was. He hasn't been on in a while. Yeah, yeah. It yeah only
0: in the first
1: two seasons. That's about <laughs> yeah. it.
0: Yeah. About well, it. I guess it's more like White Canary now. Yes. Oh, yes. oh, right. Yes. Very, yeah, right. Very much so. Yeah.
2: But no, I mean, but again, getting getting back to CW shows, the other thing that I thought about was just the idea of, um, and we talked about it before with uh, in another episode, the idea that they're doing you know, they're doing the Superman show and it's really the first time they're doing a Superman family show. Like, it's not really been, it's not, it's not, Hey, I'm going to, you know, Lois is trying to figure out who I am, you know, while I like, wink at the camera, it's not, you know, will they or won't they like kind of a moonlighting type situation in like Lois and Clark, it's literally, no, they're together and they have kids. And I wonder how they're going, I mean, they're going to have to make changes because we really haven't, you know, other than an imaginary story in the sixties or the fifties, we don't really have that setup to draw from okay, so that was the other one I was thinking yeah. about of being you know of like I don't know exactly what how that's gonna play
1: but that's how the current superman's being- portrayed. I think they're just leaning into current continuity
2: but they don't have right, but I, the thing about this is the way I understood it or the way I thought I read it was that they have they have two kids, right yes. And unlike what they have in the books, they have two kids, and I think one of them has powers and one of them doesn't. <laughs> oh. That's I weird. smell a villain. And, yeah, right. Exactly. And I'm like, oh, are we going to lean into the heavily of the idea of, you know, key and Abel and, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if that's, if that's going to be the thing of like, oh, we're going to, you know, he's going to be super resentful of the fact he doesn't have power. I don't know. I don't, or is it going to be like an invincible situation where he's just waiting to get his powers?
0: Right. No, so we'll, we'll see. see
1: what it, what it flashes we'll out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'll check it out for sure. Yeah, Oh yeah, I am too. Yeah. We got, we got way more mileage out of this topic than I, than I thought we would. So yeah, so maybe we come back to it because, because there's, there's a big movie that I, that we didn't mention that has, that has a thing in there that makes me roll my eyes every time. And so I'm not going to say it. So yeah, you know, that'll be the first one out of my mouth if we come back to this one. So all right. What about you guys? We'd love to hear from you in the comments. Were there any that we missed? Don't forget to suggest the topic for the show while you're there. Also, you'll find notes, links, as well as our past episodes on LetMeknowhowitis.com. There you can find the link to our YouTube channel as well. We'd really appreciate it if you would subscribe there as well. And finally, don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash it is, and follow us on Twitter at our show's initials L-M-K-H-I-I. Thanks for listening and bye for now.